So I want you to think about your organization. I want you to think about the insights that your people are trying to uh, get and those insights that people need to help them with those best decisions. And what's the least data? And, what, and also think about what's the least quality data? You know, you don't have to have polished data all the time. You don't have to have accurate data fully all the time. It's really nice to have, and it really helps with um, some pictures, but you don't need it for everything. So think about where you need to invest in that data. And this is where the rapid framework really comes into its own. Hi, and welcome to Helping You Perform. I'm your host, Paul Teasdale. Over a career working with high-performing teams from across the globe, including seven years working with Formula One team McLaren, I've learned a lot about what it takes to drive results. In this weekly podcast series, I'm going to be bringing you tips, tricks and insights from the world of Formula One that you can apply for your organisation for your own high performance. Enjoy. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Helping You Perform podcast, where I bring those tips, tricks and insights from the world of Formula One and help you apply them to accelerate your performance. In this episode, episode number eight, I'm going to be talking about D for data in the rapid performance framework. So we're rounding off each of those individual modules of the rapid performance framework. In episode seven, if you haven't listened to that yet, we've covered I for insights. We talked about the definition of insights and how they differ from data and information and why it's important to give your people insights to take off some of that cognitive load and to help them with the decisions that they have to make. In this episode, I'm going to be sharing a couple of stories about data. I'm also going to be talking about why data is last on this list and the difference between small data and big data. So one of the clients that we worked with in my time in the world of Formula One um, was a large fizzy drinks manufacturer. And we went to one of their factories and they just invested over 10 million euro, I think it was, um, in creating a factory and upgrading their factory such that it produced huge amounts of data, more data than they'd ever had. To put this into context, uh, they were doing servo motors on their um, uh, production lines. They were doing camera systems all over the place. And really, instead of information and data coming at them in, uh, and being available at a sort of hour by hour or even minute by minute uh, level, they were now able to get data about their performance on a second by second and even more data because they instrumented so many other of their machines that they had and other of their processes that they had in place. So surely this is a good thing for performance, right? Well, not so much because the problem they were coming to us with is we've got all this data. What do we do with it now? And it was quite a common theme. Um, and it's quite a common theme in lots of the clients I've worked with since. So we've got all this data. We're not short of data. We're not short of information. We've got reports coming out of our ears. What do we do with it now? And actually one of the behaviors, if we go back to you know, the behaviors that you're trying to drive and the uh, performance that you're trying to drive and the behaviors that go along with it, one of the things that was happening in that uh, situation was then senior managers, and we're talking pretty senior managers in a large corporation, now had access to minute by minute line side performance in their pocket on an app on their phone. Now the behaviors that drove were 
as soon as that line went down, a senior manager could look at their phone and go, oh, why is line three down? What's going on there? And they'd be on the phone, literally calling up a line manager, a production manager, saying, what's happening? Why is that line down? What are you doing about it? Now, put yourself in the position of a line manager, a relatively junior person in that organization. Your line's just gone down. Something's going wrong. What do you do in that moment? You're trying to fix things. The last thing you need is your boss phoning you up and saying, or your boss's boss, or your boss's boss's boss phoning you up and saying, what's going on? Why, are you, why aren't you fixing it quicker? What, uh, what's happening? What are you doing? How are you solving this problem? If you've been trusted to be in that position, you should be allowed to do your job and actually get that line back and up and running as quickly as you possible can. So the behaviors that were being driven by having more and more data were counterproductive. And this is quite often something that I'll see. And it goes back to this whole piece about the framework. If you go all the way back to uh, you know episode three or four, I think it was when I introduced the rapid framework, I talked about cognitive load and, and you know the fact that in this day and age, you know, if you look at a Formula One car, the reason there isn't more and more data, yes, there's lots of data, but the reason there isn't more data is that more data necessitates a sensor and some sort of telemetry to get that data out to be processed. That sensor necessitates weight and that weight has a negative impact on performance. So you've really got to be clear as to what you actually want to add weight for to get, get more data to help you with your performance. Now that equates in the real world to people getting more and more data and more and more information available to them or thrust on them. I've uh, had been in situations where you're working in an organization that has been given a new bit of technology. It might be something around Power BI or Tableau or some of those widely available off the shelf pieces that say, all this data that you've got, and you can now cut it in any way, shape or form. Isn't this brilliant? We've invested in this. Now go and go ahead, Mr. Manager, Mrs. Manager, cut that data into any, uh, anything that you want. And it's too much for people to, um, to think about. It's too much for people to go, I don't know what I want. If you start with all the data and you tell people, right, pick out what you want, people can often drown in that data and drown in that information. So this data that we're looking at now, remembering the uh, episode on insights, is what's the smallest data set we need to derive those actionable insights. So we're looking for the smallest possible data set at the least f uh, fidelity. So you know, do you really need it second by second if it's only required minute by minute or hour by hour? Does it need to be hugely accurate or does it, a ballpark figure help you? So by thinking of it this way, you're starting to put the data question right at the end, and you're questioning whether or not you need that data to be fully accurate. Do you need it to be, you know, uh, how timely do you need it to be? Do you need it to be instantaneously available? Do you need a once a day download? What is it that's actually going to help with the insights that you're trying to give to your people? Now, all too often, organizations think of this slightly uh, topsy-turvy. They think about it in terms of, here's more data, I'm putting in systems that are going to generate you more data, isn't this going to be good for performance? Now, you can derive insights from big data, um, but it's not the most efficient way of going about it. And that organization that I had the story with earlier on had spent 10 million euro plus on all this new data, 
and probably only around two million of it was worthwhile. It was actually adding any value. They'd gotten too far along the data route because it wasn't data that drove actionable insights. So I want you to think about your organization. I want you to think about the insights that your people are trying to uh, get and those insights that people need to help them with those best decisions. And what's the least data? And, what, and also think about what's the least quality data? You know, you don't have to have polished data all the time. You don't have to have accurate data fully all the time. It's really nice to have, and it really helps with um, some pictures, but you don't need it for everything. So think about where you need to invest in that data. And this is where the rapid framework really comes into its own. So from here, go and have a look at the insights you're trying to drive and challenge yourself to think about what is the smallest data set that's required. Maybe compare that to what you've got at the moment, the data sets that's there. And this is where another point comes into play. Have a look at what data you need without thinking about what data you have. Because if you start with what data you need, the next point in, in this stage in the equation is, do I have this data already? And if I haven't, how do I close that data gap? But if I do, the next question is, is that data at the fidelity and the accuracy that I need it to, to be? And ultimately, another question, and this is a really deep one, is that data trusted? Because if your data isn't trusted, it doesn't matter how accurate it is, how high fidelity it is, it will not do you any favors because people who don't trust the data that's deriving their insights won't trust the insights. They won't use them to help make the best decisions. So go through this process, think about your operation, think about your organization, your team, your challenge that's in front of you right now, and think about what's that smallest data set that I need to help derive the insights so that my people can choose the right actions, enact those, and ultimately get the results that we're trying to drive. So that's really what today's session has been about. It's about how do you get to that smallest possible data set? And that differs from big data because we start not with all the data that we, we can generate. We start with the question of what data do we need to generate? If we've got it, great. If we don't, how do we close that gap? Okay, so hopefully that's going to give you some food for thought and you're going to go away and you're going to start investing wisely in the data that you've got. If you're already collecting that data, if you're already collecting additional data, here's another question for you. Is that being of value to you? And is it of value to give that to your people? There's no harm in collecting data in the background because data is essentially free in a lot of organizations, as long as you're not adding it onto people's cognitive load. So if it's not needed in the reports, it's not needed in the insights, leave it out. Okay. So from here, as always, if you want to reach out to me to discuss this topic in any further detail, you want to have a chat about how rapid performance fits into your organization, you'd like me to come in and speak to you and your team about it, please get in touch. If you just want a 30 minute free, no obligation chat, then visit the website, paulteasdale.co.uk. You'll get see a book now and you can book those calls 30 minutes of your time no obligation no sales just about how we can add more value to your rapid performance so i look forward to speaking to you in the next episode 
Um, I'm not sure what the next episode is going to be about yet. We've got, I've got a couple of topics in mind, either going to be talking about teamwork, leadership, um, there's some elements of um, diversity uh, in, in teams. There's things around uh, vulnerability and burnout in your team as well. So all sorts of topics that I want to talk to you about over the coming weeks, those insights from how it operates in the world of Formula One and what you can learn from that for your own performance. If you've got any topics you'd like me to cover, or if you've got any questions for me, please reach out. Uh, again, through the website, you'll contact me there. More than happy to have a chat or to answer those things and to give you, through these podcast episodes, the value that you need. Hope you enjoyed the episode. I'll see you in the next one. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Helping You Perform podcast. If you found value in this episode, please take a moment to like, share or review the podcast. You can reach out to me at any time, either through LinkedIn or through my website at www.paulteasdale.co.uk. I look forward to speaking to you in the next episode.